BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth, and today I'm going to be joined by Case Kenny, who has an amazing podcast called New Mindset Hootis. And I started listening to it over quarantine. He is a Chicago based writer and podcaster. He has this amazing bite-sized podcast that just talks all about mindfulness and gives such good thought-provoking advice and just thought starters, and it really, really helped me over break when I was back home in Chicago. So we are going to have an awesome convo. It's our first mindful mail with some moods, so very excited about that, and we'll get into it. But first, let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week. Naturally, just naturally, your girl's worst mood was anxiety. Yeah, so funny thing about me is my anxiety does not care about me at all. She's like, hey, I know you've been feeling really great and you want to feel really great, but I'm going to come in here and I'm just going to fuck some shit up for a little bit. So I was just like, okay, girl, come on through And I'll get to the best mood and mood boosters because they really, really helped. But I just had this like underlying anxiety. I think it's like essentially the type of anxiety where it's almost like restlessness anxiety. It's kind of like, I don't know what to do. I do know what to do. I have FOMO. What do I have FOMO about? I'm lonely, but I like being alone. It's kind of that anxiety that comes in and wants to think super black and white when in reality, you can totally live in the gray area. And that's something I've been working on for a while. I've gotten a lot better at, especially uh, you guys know I've gotten a lot better at allowing myself to feel two things at once, which is lonely, but enjoying being alone or anxious, but excited, all of those things. So it was just more so of that annoyance of getting like small triggers and then kind of having that like physical anxiety come in and it's like oh I was having a good day or I wanted to have a good day like why did I get triggered now I feel anxious and so you really have to get proactive and kind of curb your anxiety by using those tools that you know really help you and that's something that I've really had to kind of get back in the groove of because it's a new year. I know we said we're going to be patient and we're going to keep pulling out of our toolbox. And so that's something that I've really been wanting to dedicate myself to. And it's not about perfection. It's not about doing the same thing all the time, but it's at least being able to acknowledge it and not let the feelings overpower you because they're just feelings and you can decide what to do with them. 
So my best mood of the week was actually just doing things that were good for me. And I think it was after my conversation with my therapist last week. I even had a really good conversation with my brother just about how like I know I'm someone that's not good at routines. And I have like just this weird self-sabotaging prophecy, I guess. But we kind of just decided or didn't decide. We had this conversation about how like it's not about doing the same thing every day or getting everything that's good for you done one day. It's about at least getting a solid like chunk of little good things that are good for you done and not like avoiding them and just kind of making sure you have these little things that make you feel accomplished. And so that kind of resonated with me more than doing a routine. And I also talked to my mom just about like how I'd been feeling really anxious and just not wanting to feel anxious, which is weird for someone that usually has no problem being anxious and just let it lets it overpower me. But I feel like when you start feeling good and your anxiety comes back or your depression comes back, you're like, wait, no, I do know what it, it feels like to be on the other side because you work really hard to get there. And so when those feelings come back, you're like, no, I do know what it feels like to be on the other side. I, I don't want to come back here. And so the time it takes to get you back to feeling better is a lot smaller and shorter. And I think, too, you have to be super kind of patient and kind to yourself because if you didn't feel those bad things, you wouldn't appreciate the good things that you feel. So you don't have to guilt and shame yourself about them, which is a huge thing. Like we don't shit ourselves. We don't guilt ourselves. We don't shame ourselves. We just we just look at it. We just look at ourselves and we acknowledge it and we decide And so my best mood was kind of deciding and actually doing things that were good for me, not just kind of copping out, right? Not just feeling anxiety and deciding to be a slob, which sometimes is the right choice, but there are a lot of other tools that I could easily try if I wasn't the only one standing in my own way. And so I decided to kind of like rip off the bandaid a few times this week. And it was just these small little things that maybe weren't necessarily on a timeline of a routine, but they were mood boosters. And I went out of my way to do them and curb my anxiety or curb my boredom or whatever that maybe more negative feeling was. And so the best mood really comes from that like feeling of accomplishment. Like, okay, I didn't feel perfect all day, but I did do some things that were really good for me. And I'm proud of myself for taking action and deciding and doing those little things and maybe I could do more of them. So my best mood was just kind of doing the little things, doing some self-care that was good for me, deciding to do it and, you know, maybe not doing it perfectly or doing it every single day, but doing it. It's like that's something to be proud of. And I think at the end of the day, being proud of yourself is a really, really great best mood and something we should always strive for because we're our biggest critic but we also should be our biggest fan and you should be able to make yourself proud even if it's with those little things and it all and also feeling that best mood makes you want to feel it more so it was definitely a week a week full of small wins also if you're someone like me and obviously super anxious or if there's something interfering with your happiness or maybe it's preventing you from achieving your goals even the small ones like we just talked about and you feel like maybe you need a little bit more help than just some mood boosters that's totally okay and better help will 
assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. I just talked to you guys about how I spoke to my therapist about these things and it is an integral part of my self-care and my mental well-being is having that professional help. The best the great news is you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line, it's not self-help, it is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not also be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account anytime to send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy, which curbs a lot of that traditional therapy anxiety, and personally, I've been loving phone sessions. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. You can go to betterhelp.com mood. That's better H-E-L-P and join the 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So for the special offer, so for this special offer just for mood listeners, you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com/mood. This week for my mood boosters, they were like I said, those little small things that really boosted my mood and were things that we know boosts our mood, but sometimes they're like the most obvious and you don't want to do them because they're really, really good for you and they require effort and it's like, ugh, can I just do something easier instead? But I took the pressure off myself. I didn't should myself. I didn't make it very black and white. I was just like, I feel like working out. And then a little voice came in my head and was like, oh, but do you really want to? And I was like, you know what? Let's just try it. I ended up doing a 45-minute Melissa Wood Health, like Pilates yoga flow. You guys know I love Melissa Wood Health workouts. I just, I can't stress enough how big of a mood booster her workouts are because there's just something about her energy and her voice and articulation and just workouts that is so calming and soothing and comforting it's just like oh my gosh it's not one of those like in your face crazy high energy high intensity it's like a really really good workout that gives you long lean muscles and toning but it's calm you feel like it's this very mindful workout and so it's kind of like a double win for me because I feel like I'm almost like meditating while working out and even at the end of the workout where she kind of like lets you sit and breathe and kind of like gives you a moment of reflection and intention I felt I felt like I could keep sitting there and like maybe meditate without a guide. It was crazy. Like it made me so relaxed. I will say though, since I hadn't worked out in so long, I did proceed to nap for the rest of the day. I was very tired, but you know what? It's about the small wins because I did the workout and you know what? Our body needs rest. Listen to your motherfucking bodies. Okay. If you're tired, just sleep. 
unless you can't sleep because you have responsibilities, which we all do. But when you don't, just sleep, okay? I digress. My next mood booster was finally picking up the book that I started on the plane. I left my Kindle at home and it's really hard for me to pick up paperback books because it feels even more so like I'm not holding technology and I have phone addiction. I mean, it's just like, I have to admit it. Like the first step is acceptance. And here I am admitting that I am fucking addicted to my phone. Okay. So when you hold the Kindle, you're like, oh my God, I'm still like a millennial and I'm using technology. But then when you open a paperback, you're like, oh my God, like I really am not looking at a screen. It's, you know, it's like a culture shock. Okay. I started this really good book called A Hypnotist Love Story. It's not necessarily the best book, but it's a Leon Mortry book and it's really fun. It's really easy. It's very intriguing. And yeah, I want to know how it ends and I want to know what happens next. Okay. So I finally put my anxiety aside because I just have like, okay, I saw this meme that really made sense. It's like people with anxiety watch the same TV shows over and over again because it, there's like no change and like you know what to expect and you know you enjoy it. See, that's why it's hard for me to start new books and why it's hard for me to pick up new books. I don't know why the Kindle makes it easier. I really don't. But there's just this weird anxiety thing where it's like with my phone, I at least know what to expect. If I refresh Instagram, I know I'm going to be able to like aimlessly scroll and not pay attention. But but once again, I fucking digress. I read all weekend. And let me tell you, it was a fucking mood booster because I like reading. Reading feels good. And there's so much to read, you guys. But my anxiety gets in the way sometimes. So I said, not today, Satan. And I picked up my book. I even read before bed last night with the motherfucking candlelight. Yeah, that's like some serious self-care shit, okay? Finally, my other mood booster was meditating. My mom had a whole conversation with me about how if she would be going crazy, if she wasn't meditating and if she didn't learn how to meditate, she also got like yoga certification and meditation certification. My mom has turned into a a fucking wellness guru and I need to get on her level. Therefore, she has been pushing me to get on her level. And she said, Lauren, why don't you just challenge yourself to doing meditation every day for seven days? You never have to do it again. You don't have to hold yourself accountable. Just try it. Just try it. And I was like, Kiki, you know what? I'm desperate. So I did. And have I done it every day? No, but I did do it one day guided meditation calm app, a 12 minute one that had a beautiful message at the end. I did it outside in the sun. I felt fabulous. I get what the hype is about. I know I need to do it more. I know I'm the only person standing in my own way. I talked to my brother about it too. He wants me to read a meditation book. I get it. I'm supposed to be meditating. It's just hard sometimes. So what I do as well the past few days is I at least wake up and I set an intention. I say a little prayer. I say a little gratitude. I do morning and night. So at least if I'm not doing a guided meditation, I'm having a moment of mindfulness and a moment of silence. So basically all of the things that people actually tell you to do that are the most simple and non-unique and non-specific, those are my mood boosters this week because sometimes they are the hardest things to do and they really, really work. And you know what? Don't shoot the messenger. Okay. Like it's just, I know I wish there was a different way. I wish there was a magic pill, but sometimes it's really just moving your body, meditating, reading a good book, laying out in the sun, spending time with friends. I mean, the ways are simple. Are they easy? No, but are they simple? Yes. Okay. Y'all throw some beddings on a bunch of different mattresses and sure they all look alike the same goes for pillows guys but peel away the layers just like me look at what's inside and you'll see they are not all created equal that's what makes every other purple pillow and mattress unlike 
anything you've ever slept on. If you saw my Instagram story, even though I don't have a bed frame, I am currently sitting on my purple mattress and obviously sleeping on it every single night. You guys, it is so cozy, so comfy. I got one for my guest room as well. The purple grid sets the purple mattress apart from every other mattress. It is a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. With over 1,800 open air channels designed to neutralize body heat, it's true. I don't. I have not been sweating. This is very wow. Purple provides a cooling effect other mattresses can't replicate. You guys, this is actually very true. I must say, it makes it so much cozier to snuggle at night too. And this cutting edge technology doesn't stop with the mattress. Every purple pillow is engineered with the grid for a total head and neck support and absolute airflow. So you're always on the cool side of the pillow. You guys, this is just the truest things I've ever heard. Purple's proprietary technology has been innovating comfort for over 15 years. And I can really see it in my mattress. Like I, when I got on it for the first time, when I snuggled right up, I was like, OMG, so soft and cozy, like so comfortable. I, I don't wake up with a sore neck. I don't wake up with sore shoulders. And I kid you not, I kid you not, I've not woken up sweaty, hot, anything. I haven't even had to stick a leg outside of the duvet cover. I just, it's pure snuggle city up in here. I swear to God. You can try every Purple product risk-free with free shipping and returns. And Purple has financing available as low as 0% APR for qualified customers. Experience the Purple Grid and you'll sleep like never before. Go to purple.com slash mood10 and use promo code mood10 for a limited time. You'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash mood10 promo code mood10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Terms apply. Now let's jump into my current mood combo with Case Kenny from New Mindset, Who Dis. He is so freaking amazing. I think you guys are going to love hearing a male perspective on some moodiness. We talk dating, relationships, self-awareness, absolutely obsessed with him and his podcast. So let's jump into our current mood combo and we did start chatting right away. So let's jump in. Okay, so I am here with Case Kenny, and I just instantly started recording because I have so many things to say to him, and I do need to let you know that you're technically the first real guy on this podcast. Usually, it's always girls, and then I listened to your podcast, and I was like, I think you need to be the first manly man to come on this podcast and talk about your moods. We were just talking about how um, my brother was getting the bird out of my house this morning, and... I was just thinking, I was like, I, I need to see what it's like to have a guy that knows how to emote, just have a normal conversation. Because I always say my brother's like a rock. He's like, huh, I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, because I just assume that all guys are like that. And then I listened to your podcast. I was like, what is this sorcery going on? You know, this you know, assumption that, you know, guys don't do that. But I think, you know, the right, you know, people that I hang out with and associate with, like we're, we're very upfront with, you know, how we're feeling and, and everything like that. I think more, more people need to do that. Maybe it's just that they don't have the right example or something. I don't know. Do you think that like now that like, cause it makes kind of sense that you guys do it when you're like talking as guys. Cause I can kind of like envision that in my head. Right. But do you think when it comes like into your guys's like romantic relationships that it makes you better at communicating with females then? I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not to like double down on like gender stereotypes or anything. It's more so just like, 
I don't know. I feel like most relationship problems, at least in my mind, tend to come from like communication issues, I guess. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, men aren't used to having those conversations at all. So I feel like they'd rather not have them or rather have them with their guys first. But yeah. I mean, I think, and a lot of times it is, is the man because I don't know, feeling like I, I think men feel that, you know, feeling a certain way means there's something wrong with them and that they just need to suck it up. It's a very common thing. Um, I think if you have the right examples and the right dudes, I mean, I, I literally went to this coffee with my guys and we were like, we're pretty doodly. Like we say yo and bro. And like, we're, we're just kind of out there, but like we were talking about like the difference between being loved and understood. Like we were going in it and like, there was, it wasn't like we were like, all right, let's take some ayahuasca and like do this. We were just like drinking coffee and like hanging out. Like, I think it's just about like who you're inspired by. Like, and you know that those kinds of conversations are cool. It's like lame to not have those conversations if, in my opinion. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it also gets like boring at some point. And I feel like once you surround yourself with like how you were saying, like who you're inspired by and like look up to and just surrounded by, I think it because you can easily just think that those conversations don't exist. And even as a woman, just like, you know, maybe not making the right group of friends in L.A. or something. And then you get out of the party scene and you find normal relationships and you're like, oh, I can have like vulnerable conversations with girlfriends and like stay in and not go to a club until two o'clock in the morning I mean you can still do both but they're not mutually exclusive they're not they're not so I want to know since I'm so intrigued by just your manly manness and I want to know like how you got into because your podcast is amazing I love how it's like short and sweet it's thought-provoking and I feel like it really is a fresh spin on some of those just it's just these like little titles and I'm like there was one it was like you're hot or what what was the one it was like you're what makes you hot or something like that yeah you could be hot just by acting hot that was one of them yeah and I was like wait what I can (laughs) I like immediately clicked on it and it's just like this like fresh take on something like that so I want to know like how you got into it and decided to start podcasting about this stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty simple. Like uh, I've been doing this for close to three years and about three years ago, I got out of a relationship I was in for a long time. We lived together, a whole thing. Um, I got out of that and I was like, you know, who is case? I was very, I identified very heavily with that relationship. I also very identified very heavily with my job at the time. I was like, who is case? So honestly, I started the podcast as a challenge to myself just to kind of dive into topics that I knew would help me, namely like self-development content, like how do I become more confident in myself and all those things. Never in a million years did I think I'd be talking about relationship advice. Never, never, never. Had no intention to do that. And then um, I did, I I did 68 episodes until I decided to do (laughs) one on relationships. I'm a child. I waited until episode 69. And then I did that and people were like, wow, like that was super real and great and relatable. You should do more. And then I just, I just started reacting to what people were saying. And I started giving my thoughts on dating and relationships as a very, very much not expert. Like I've been single for three years. Um, and before that I was always in relationships. So I came at it from those perspectives and yeah, just, I just kind of share my perspective on things. Like everything that I, I characterize, everything that I talk about is mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And mindfulness is a weird word. Some people think that that's, you know, about Enneagram. Some people think that's about, you know, chakras and vibrations and frequencies. All, all I call it is, is self-awareness. It's just how well you know yourself. And my whole goal was I want to know myself better, particularly within dating. So I just, I just give my opinions on things and um, 
you know, I tell my own stories and I share my own perspectives and people seem to appreciate it. And I enjoy it. Most of all, it's just fun to me. It's like, it doesn't feel like a job. I do it for a living and it's just cool. So I'm super grateful to be able to do it. It's fun. I love that they're also like short and sweet as well. I'm, if you can't tell from the seven minutes we've been chatting, I clearly ramble a lot. And then I, you know, I send it to my producer and I'm like, this episode is so horrible. I'm so sorry you have to edit this. But so what is your kind of like process of just like thinking of those topics? Do you kind of go based off like what people want? Or like, I was just listening to one too, where you were like, I saw this quote and it triggered me. And I was like, that's me. Like, that's how I come to like, decide something. It just is very in the moment. Cause you know, mood just depending on the mood, but what do you kind of like, what's your kind of go-to system for giving the people what they clearly need to hear? Yeah. Increasingly it's more of that. It's like, I like to disagree with things. Mm -hmm. Um, that was when I was like, yo, I hate that quote. And everyone online was like loving that quote. So I was like, here's my perspective. And now everyone seems to agree with me. So I'm so confused of what's right (laughs) and whatever, but anyway, so I'll do that. Um, I, I had, so, I mean, you, you based yours off mood. I base mine off vibe. I say vibe a lot, which is like the douchiest thing to say, but I, I always ask myself, I'm like, is this a vibe or not? I'm like, I think it's a vibe. So I'm going to talk about it. Um, so I, I do that, but yeah, I mean, I, I really, I encourage people to like DM me and stuff and I get a lot of conversation topics there, but my number one source of inspiration, honestly, is Instagram. I look for cheesy dating quotes and I, I'll look at it and I'll be like, that is not accurate at all. Or maybe that is accurate. And then I'll just talk about it for, you know, 15 minutes. So I, I, I try to react to things rather than just sit and be like, hmm, dating. Like, right. Yeah. Helpful. <laughs> I feel like when you're going through Instagram and you see all these like cheesy dating quotes and you're kind of like in a normal headspace, it's like these are cheesy. But then you get your heart broken and all of a sudden you're like, these are speaking to me. Like I felt so personally attacked by Pinterest a few weeks ago. Cause like I didn't tell my phone that I got my heart broken. I was looking for fucking home decor. And all of a sudden it's like all of these quotes of like, you deserve someone that never puts themselves in a position to lose you. And I'm like, Oh my God. Right. And now it's like, I can't even find home decor on Pinterest anymore. So it's like, I feel like I need to get in your mindset of like actually not just being like, yes, mm-hmm, that's it. And actually kind of being in a more thought provoking position, but maybe it's cause I'm like emotionally fragile. <laughs> well, you're not alone in that. I mean, yeah. Delivered straight to your door there with the relevant quotes on Pinterest. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I try to be as helpful as possible and like broadly helpful as possible. Um, but I feel like a lot of times people accept what they see online as, as the truth. And what I want to encourage people to know is that it's only true once you've proven it to be true for yourself. Like you could read every article online about these are all the red flags in the world. Mm. And, and they very might well be red flags universally, but someone else's red flag might not be your red flag. Right. Your, you know, the, that kind of vibe. So I just encourage people to like figure it out for themselves. I had this whole thing. I talk about what I call your hoe phase and your hoe phase is a chance to go out there and yeah, have fun and and screw around and all that. But it's also a chance just to prove what is true to you and not true to the internet because there's a big difference, right? The internet says one thing and I think the internet's a great place for inspiration, but you know, you have to prove what's true to you. You have to prove what you want, not what the internet tells you to want. I've done episodes on that too. It's like someone will describe the dream man and all these things 
and you're like, I don't really need that or that. That's not that important. I need this and that. It's like, you've got to prove that for yourself. So that's why I kind of like to react to things that are kind of accepted as like common um, understanding and just kind of, then I put my own spin on it. I like to talk, I like to do analogies. So I do like really weird, cheesy analogies sometimes, but helps me understand it. So I think it helps other people too. I think I, I, I can't remember the analogy, but basically I found your podcast because um, a girlfriend of mine just sent me, I don't remember. It was like one right before like the um, how to be hot, just act hot. It was something about, it was something about like probably like heartbreak or something. And she just sent it to me and I'm someone who's like, for someone who makes a podcast and all that stuff, like I'm very, it's very tough for me to do things that are good for myself sometimes. And I was like, I'm not going to click on this. But then I was like, you know, it's short. Like, let's, let's see. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm not in a good mood. I might as well click on it. And I was like, this is amazing. And it's so quick and easy. And it was like an instant mood booster. And that's when I DM'd you. And I was like, I need you to come on the podcast. And yeah, it's just like the way you, communicate like this other side of what might be okay because like you were saying the red flags or what what you need to look for in a guy it's almost like when you feel like you're giving advice to a friend on how you know they should be treated and even after I just got out of a relationship I feel like now when people are coming to me with relationship problems I'm all of a sudden this like super cynical person and I'm like you don't deserve that like these are the boundaries and I'm self-aware enough to be like okay what am I doing here because this was six months ago I would have been like you can work it out like you know what I mean I'm like I'm a fighter like you can grow and now all of a sudden I'm like I don't know I mean it might not end well and it's just like it's like that's why it's like you had to almost think about that too when you're looking on the internet like you don't know why the person was writing this or whatever but do you see at least like a common theme of the incoming stuff because I remember getting tons of always people asking me for relationship advice and all this stuff and I never fully understood it like in a sense of I was kind of just like oh get over it like go date the next person and now I'm like oh no I get it I guess I like hadn't gotten my heart ripped out of my body before so now I like fully understand so do you feel like maybe that relationships are just the kind of like go-to thing because they're so like complex and like painful and confusing you know what I mean I think that's the biggest thing confusing um I like so I'm like as a as a person I'm like annoyingly optimistic like I've been through some not so great things in life I've been through some great things but I'm, I'm, I'm just like wired that way it's the way it is and I understand that not everyone can be that way I can get rejected and be like all right whatever I can get broken up with and be like all right whatever um <laughs> but I'm not some kind of robot. That's just like how I choose to see life. But I think the the common trend that I see when people send me requests for episodes or questions, it's like, they're just confused, confused around whether uh, a guy is really interested them in them, whether a relationship is meant to be, whether they should stick out the highs and lows, or they should just dip, um, whether this is as good as they can get, whether their, their needs are being matched, all those kinds of things. It's just kind of a gray area for a lot of people. So I, I feel like I try to tailor my content to, doing what I said earlier, which is providing self-awareness, empowering people to know if their worth is being seen, if they're being understood. I mean, one of the, the biggest questions I get all the time, and most of my following is, is women. It just turned out that way. Never intended it to be that way. Um, but a lot of, I get a lot of questions from women. They're like, I'm unsure what this man's intent is mm-hmm. or like what his expectations are. Um, and my response always is, it's the simplest thing. It's, well, have you asked? And most of the time it's, 
Well, no, because we've only gone on two dates and I don't want to seem crazy. Like a stage five clinger. I'm like, let's define the relationship. And I'm like, that's not what you do. Like if I go on, I'll go on a first date with a woman. My first question out of my mouth is, so what's going on? Like, what are you looking for? It doesn't have to be this creepy, like shine a light on their face and interrogate (laughs) them kind of vibe. It could just be like casual. Like what's going on? Like, are you just looking for fun? Are you looking like what's going on? Like, I just feel like a lot of people just don't do that, which is the craziest thing. That's a starting point that makes i mean to your point communication Mm -hmm. um so it's things like that like really practical things like nothing that i say is like earth shattering not reinventing the wheel um i just say it in a way that maybe is somewhat more relatable and just simplify like i tried like i'm the simplest dude in the world very very simple i need i need things like i need three syllable words max like 10 (laughs) plus like 10 i max out of 10 like i need it as simple as possible so for myself so i try to give people the same advice it's three words at 10 words at max or I tap out. That's amazing. That's like, that's honestly, maybe like that's why I relate to your podcast so much. Cause I'm like 15 minutes, you got my attention. Anything else? I'm like out of control. Quick break to talk to you guys about article. As you know, I just moved and let me tell you, I already started going to article.com slash mood again. I think I'm the most frequent actually uh, logger honor of that link. I can actually see my article chaise lounge outside from here. I'm just like so mood with Lauren Elizabeth. It's insane. Okay. So if you guys don't know article, I talk about them all the time. And literally anyone that comes over is so freaking impressed with the design and the quality. I kid you not. I'm really excited because Article's newest collection encourages the mixing and matching of styles, color palettes, and textures to breathe life and warmth into new spaces as we head into the new year. So keep your eyes peeled and your Instagram open for inspiration featuring Article's latest look. Article combines the curation of a boutique furniture store with the comfort and simplicity of shopping online. Who has time to go shop in store anymore? No one. Article's team of designers focuses on beautifully crafted pieces, quality materials, and durable construction. They are dedicated to a modern aesthetic of a mid-century Scandinavian industrial and bohemian design. They have fair prices, you guys, so you save up to 30% over traditional retail prices because Article is able to keep their price low by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. So there's no showroom, no salesperson, no retail markup. So you get that same, same quality, you guys. I can't stress it enough. The quality and the style and just the design is so incredible, but that's why you get to save up to 30% off. And the best part too is they have fast and affordable shipping available across all of US and Canada, and it's free on orders over $999. All in-stock items are delivered in two weeks or less, and there's a 30-day return policy with simple returns and exchanges. Article is offering my listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Go to article.com slash mood and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash mood to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Go get that little poof ottoman that's white. I literally have been using it all the time. It's the best thing in the world. Article.com slash mood. Back to the podcast. You did say something though when we first started chatting about like the difference between being loved and understood. Is that what you said? Because now that's like, now I'm like, that's like going through my brain. Maybe it's because I'm triggered. But what did you guys kind of like come to the conclusion? Like, what was that conversation like? Yeah. So, I mean, you talk a lot about this. It's like, 
you imagine three dudes sitting around and the question was, what is love? Right. <laughs> like, what is love guys, fellas? Like what's love? Uh, <laughs> it's just funny to me. Cause I never used to be that guy. Never yeah. in a million years, but it, so the whole thing's funny to me. But anyway, it's like, well, like love, love can love, like, you can love someone and that means like you're attracted to them physically. You like to hang out with them, quality time, you support them, but there's a missing element in there. Like you can love someone, but like kind of tolerate their BS. And like that shows up when like you get in a fight and your mentality is, oh, you'll get over it in the morning. We'll talk then. Just like, I'm going to stay out of your way. You're angry right now. There's a difference between that and loving plus understanding, which would be trying to really get at the root of who they are, why they act the way they act. What is this baggage or insecurity they're carrying that's causing them to act that way? And that's not earth an earth shattering idea, right? But I feel like a lot of times we mistake things for that, like I did an episode on this the other day too. It's like we mistake attention and compliments for compatibility. That's mm. a big one. I see that a lot with women. Like you have a man who just showers you with praise and compliments. It's like, well, he, you know, he, he's is obsessed with me. Like he's so nice and kind and complimentary. Like that's great. I, I can find someone to compliment me all day. Anyone can find someone who's willing to compliment you, but there's a big difference between that and being loved. And then there's a big difference between that and being understood. And I think just, you know, it's, it's, I'm not encouraging people to overthink things. Like that's the last thing I want, but I just really want people to, to know that there's a difference between those things and you deserve uh, the latter in my mind. Um, and I think just taking a step back sometimes and really understanding what it is you're dating for. Are you dating for attention? That's cool. That's fair. Like right on, like go, go have fun, get, get go get dinner and whatever. Um, are you dating for more? Well, then you got to look for more and you got to hold someone accountable for more. So that's kind of my, my mentality towards that. And then you did one on, which I haven't listened to it yet, because I, I think I, I didn't want to let myself. You did one on green flags, right? For inner, And I think I just, I wasn't there yet. I was like, I don't want to know green flags. I don't want to look for green flags. Like, I'm not ready to date. But like, what can you tell me or tell, I guess, us as, as all the women listening right now, like explain what green flags even means because we're just so used to thinking of red and I mean you are the optimist so maybe that's why you even think that like I'm like what the fuck is a green flag (laughs) yeah I am the optimist I didn't actually come up with the phrase someone dm'd me and they're like what's a green flag and I was like what is a green flag and I put it put it together right so a red flag is your intuition saying hey this doesn't feel right there's something wrong here or whatever a green flag is the opposite it's your intuition saying hey this does feel right maybe there is potential and I should explore it um um, so, so I did an episode on that and like, I wanted to sit down and think of like, what's the like biggest green flag that in my mind should be like universal to anyone who's dating. Mm-hmm. Cause there's all kinds of little green flags, right? You know, um, they're nice to your parents. They're kind to servers at restaurants. They're, you know, open about their past, things like that. Right. Like, and there's going to be a lot of them. Right. Um, which is totally fair. Um, so I was thinking of like, what's the biggest green flag in general. And what I came up with, which a lot of people vibed with was, I think the biggest green flag is someone who is eager to date in the present reality, your present reality and their present reality. Because what I see a lot is people, some people are very focused on potential and future potential, right? It's like, yeah, 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 we're dating, but like, we're so excited for the couple we're going to be in a year from now, or when we're married, or I can't, God, I can't wait until we're going on vacation together. And we're just honeymooning and it's going to be this, that, and the other. And, um, oh yeah, no, once he's done with this really, you know, couple months of really being really busy at his job, it's going to be fantastic. And like all these like future facing things. And I talk a lot about, yes, it's very important to, you know, grow together and head in a certain direction together, but people who, um, favor that over dating the, the present reality, both 
their reality, your reality and your reality together as a couple. Like if you're not doing that, you're going to, that's a red flag. So the flip side of that is someone who, someone who's eager to date you as you are now and your, your status as a couple in the present, like to me, that's a, that's a big green flag because it means that who you are is enough for them, who you are together as a couple is enough for them. And that's just a, a big um, green flag to me because it shows that, you know, they're, they're centered in what they want now, not what they want in the future. So I think it's so easy for like when you're in a relationship too to have that kind of heaviness of, okay, but are we going to be able to grow together? And like, is this going somewhere? Like, what are your intentions that like, once you feel good about it, it's so easy to future trip in a positive way. And then you're almost like, like you're saying, like not living in the moment and content. And I think it's easy too for sometimes girls or just one partner to just kind of be like, okay, I see the potential and I'm really happy with where we are. And then there's sometimes one person that's like, keep changing and like, we'll keep growing this way. And I always said that like, a, you know, a relationship is a series of agreements. Like you agree to date, you agree to hang out this many times a week and you like keep agreeing, agreeing, agreeing. And then all of a sudden you stop agreeing and like, you can't, you can't date anymore. It's like, if you like agree, if you cheated and you broke a relationship and you agree to work on it and one person doesn't want to work on it, the agreements are over. And it's almost kind of taking those agreements and less about, you know, the future of like, we agree to keep going like this and actually disagreeing in that moment. And I think that that's where we get ourselves in a lot of trouble. Cause I actually am really optimistic. Like I'm that person that's like, you can make anything work. Like you grow together. Like you don't give up like communication, but then, you know, it takes one little incident and all of a sudden you hate everything. But I, I think I, it's funny though, that you bring up the, the future tripping in a positive way. Cause I almost do the same thing with myself, just like in life. I'm like, when I move, everything's going to be great. I just got to get to the point where I move and I'm going to feel great. I, I, I moved. Now I'm like, when I get a bed frame and nightstands, I'm going to feel amazing. And so it's like you almost kind of that self-awareness that you have to check yourself too about, because if you're doing it with yourself in your own head, of course you're going to be doing it with potential partners, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that. So I talk, that's like my, that's a vibe. That's a mood. I talk a lot about, I mean, all that is, is gratitude in the present. And I do this, this whole thing of where I feel like a lot of the time, the reason that we do that and the reason that I do that, I'm very guilty of that is we have this vision of what is right and what is great and fantastic. And then we're trying, and that's an example set by other people, right? So in couples, it's, it's a couple that we see on Instagram or if it's uh, as a business, it's a headline we see in Forbes. Like we're like, Oh shit, like that's the right way. I need mm-hmm. to get there. And anything short of that is lacking. So I need to get here and then there and everything's going to be great. And one of the, like my like little um, headlines that I say a lot that really helps me is this idea that there's no right way to do anything in life, but there is a wrong way. And the wrong way is to think that there's a right way. Mm-hmm. And I really vibe to that because some, a lot of, we put ourselves in a corner when we think there's a right way to be single. There's a right way to date. There's a right way to be in a relationship. There's a right way to raise children. There's a right way to um, be married, a right way to start a business. And the reality is there isn't, there is absolutely no right way to be single. There's no right way to date. I really fundamentally believe that. And I, it's like a cheesy thing to say, but I think once we set ourselves free of like assuming that a happy couple, that theirs is the right way and mm-hmm. we need to find what they found. 
I think the, the second we realize that that's not necessarily the case, that's like when we just set ourselves free and there's no more of this pressure. There's no more of this, like, I got to get here and then there, and then everything's going to be great. So I, I talk that like that kind of just self-awareness, um, I think is really powerful. I wish it, it's like one of those things where I always said too, like, because I'm still in my twenties and I always said that I wish that people had more of these conversations like for when you're like earlier in your 20s and like kind of like in your mid 20s because I feel like you kind of get to all of these realizations like once you've already made all of those things and ended up in the wrong relationships and you're like in your like mid 30s and 40s and part of me almost like wishes that I thought that even earlier in my 20s because it's the same thing like my first relationship I was like but it's kind of cool that you know, there is someone that I'd be like down to marry. And it's like them, like that was like the only, one of the only reasons I was dating, you know, like some guy when I was like 21 or even just like, well, if I keep working, like I was never proud of myself. I just had to keep doing things the right way and going about it. And then you kind of like look back on your twenties and you're like, there was no fucking right way to do any of it. Like, I'm glad at where I ended up, of course, but it's, you have to learn it almost the more complicated way or the hard way or with experience to even carry it but at least you know it's like I'm still young to carry it into the rest of my life it's so almost like I feel that gratitude of going through like the annoying stuff at least at a younger age so that like maybe I can make my life even more amazing does that make sense it, it makes total sense I 1 million percent agree with that I think that is an essential mentality to have um so I'm, I'm 32 um and like I have this whole thing that I talk a lot about that's super, super cheesy, but it, it encapsulates what you just said. It's like, there are some things in life that are worth the weight. Okay. I think we could all agree with that, but mm-hmm. I think they're only worth the weight. Like th- they are more valuable, valuable because of the weight. Like the longer you wait, the more valuable they become. Like if you, like if you, you said you were dating that person when you were 21, I feel like if you married that person when you were 21, I, I I, you know, I know nothing about it, but I feel like that love would be a lesser kind of love than mm. meeting that person when you're 31, because the time that you spent between it, where you got your heart ripped out of you, where you were rejected, disappointed, whatever, like those are the experiences that truly teach you what matters, what it means to be loved. And I say all that because like contrast is a powerful thing, right? It's like to know who you are and your worth. I really think you have to experience who you're not and the opposite of your worth right? It's like those perspectives truly teach you the value of vague things like love or like even success. Like I've just found my footing in my business with everything I do. And I spent my twenties, multiple businesses really trying to figure it out. And I really don't think if, if like, it's like, I always give the, the baseball analogy. It's like, if you're a rookie and you win the world series your first year, I really think that would be so much less sweet than if you were, you know, 10 seasons in, like, I really think there's value in experiencing the opposite of what you want and what you deserve. And it sucks for sure. But I think you agree in hindsight, you have these dots to connect and those are valuable. And it really teaches you the value of what you want, what you deserve, who you are, who you're not. And like all those things wrapped up in one. Yeah. I mean, it's even my friend sent me this quote it would be a little too long for you it was way more than 10 words but I did do a solid skimming job of it and it was just this thing of like you know we we think of gratitude and like all that stuff as listing out all the things that are like positive and make us happy and then you forget that like 
And, you know, my therapist obviously tells me this all the time, but when you see it in the form of an Instagram quote, you're like, now I get it, which by the way, one is free. The other is like a couple hundred dollars a week. So ridiculous that like this is the way my brain is wired. I know. I'm like, thank you so much, Rebecca, for your time. But I did see an Instagram quote that really resonated more. And it was just like saying like, you have to be like, sometimes it's because I, I, I was complaining last week, right? I was like, I just hate that I have anxiety and I feel this way because I, I genuinely sometimes want to feel okay because I've grown enough. And like, although I still have this chemical imbalance inside of me, like there's enough growing in me that's like, I don't want to feel this way and I'm frustrated that I do. And she's like, but why don't, but why don't you think about it? It's like, you're grateful for your anxiety because without it, you wouldn't have grown like this. You wouldn't have started doing this. And it's the same as the Instagram quote that she sent me, like those things make us whole. It's, you know, the negative and the positive things. Cause it's the contrast. Like you said, it's seeing, you know, if I didn't have my heart broken the next time I enter into a relationship, I probably won't have this new set of standards. Like I won't have an appreciation for qualities that I never knew that I deserved. And without my anxiety, like I wouldn't appreciate like moments of actual happiness. I would just probably be floating. And so it's kind of that thing of what you're saying of, even, you know, cause I feel like you go on Instagram all the time and it's like gratitude, like waking up in the morning. And it's just like all, like sometimes you, you could think it's cheesy or just like overly like looking for all the positive things in your day. And it's like, well, don't disregard all the negative things because they also add up to your wholeness and to potential positive things. Like without all this shit that I've been through, like I would probably have not even have a podcast where I get to talk about this kind of stuff. And now I feel so enlightened and so smart. And I didn't even go to college. So it's like, come on, you know? I love that. I mean, I think that's the most powerful mentality to have in life. I I really do. I think like that is going to set you up to be so happy. It's like, I always, again, I try to simplify things. I like, I think of like life as just like a straight linear line and like you're moving along it. And sometimes when I'm in moments of doubt or like feeling toxic towards myself or whatever, I fast forward on that line and I, and I consider looking back like, um like even like being single right it's like it's easy to feel lonely when you're single even a guy like me who's I'm the, I'm the king of all this like I was like yeah I feel lonely sometimes and uh I was like if I were to fast forward on that line and look back I think it would be impossible for me two years five years ten years from now to look back and be like I regret being single mm. I don't think it's possible to ever honestly say that so that's one thing or like there's always a temptation when you're lonely to be like I'm gonna talk to my ex or get back with my ex because I, I I need I need companionship. I need to feel something again, fast forward. I don't think there's ever a reality where you'll be like, I regret not reaching out to my ex. Like, Mm -hmm. so I like, I try to do that where I just like fast forward and like look back at things that um, in the moment are like really wrapped up in emotionally. And I just take a step back, move forward and realize that. So like, I think that's a really good compliment to what you're describing there. It's like the things that have pulled you down in the past, like they lift you up in the future, like powerfully. And obviously it's not, very easy to to recognize that in the moment but with the kind of self-awareness you just described like that's the key to being happy because the key to being happy isn't ignoring those feelings like sometimes people are like case like how are you so optimistic like don't you ever feel lonely self-conscious insecure whatever i'm like yeah i feel that all the time it's just i know what to do with those things when Mm -hmm. i feel it it's not a matter of ignoring them it's just a matter of training yourself to react to it in a more positive way so i vibe with that what you just said (laughs) No, it's so funny because like when you were saying it too, I was like, I wonder if he's like a very like patient person because, you know, two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to like 
think before I act or like pause and stuff like that. It, it, it takes self-awareness and self-training. I, my self-awareness was always just rooted in being like way too hyper aware of like how I made other people feel and look to other people. So it's, it's cool when you can switch it and make it more of like a positive tool in your life. Me and my friends want to start a self-aware club 2021 where we're just like total psychos. Cause like fully like best friends will like leave and be like, did I, did I say that the right way? Like, did I make her feel okay when I said that? And like, we finally got to the point where it's like, we need to stop just like overthinking everything we do because I'm aware of everything I do. So it's bad. Maybe it's like, I don't know if you ever leave coffee with the bros and you're like, did I make bro number one feel loved and supported? Maybe you do. I, no, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> That's where we draw the line. I think for us, we're like, oh, whatever. <laughs> we'll see there. Exactly. It's like where you draw the line. It's just, it's, it's a weird, I mean, fundament biologically, you know, there's just some different hormones and stuff going on. The flip side of that vulnerable conversation where we're talking about being loved and understood is we're just razzing on each other for an hour and just trying to make the other person cry. So, I mean, there's a balance, right? <laughs> there always is. A, there always is a balance. I, I, I do want to ask you too about your your journals that you made. I think you just launched another one this week. Yeah. So can you tell me about the journals? Because now I'm feeling like maybe I need to get in on this because it's another thing that I don't normally do because I know it's good for me. So I'll wait as long as possible till I'm at like rock bottom to pick it up. So do I need to start journaling on your journal? I think journaling is a very healthy habit. I never used the journal either because I could never find a journal that I thought worked like there's tons of journals. Like I almost was like, I'm not going to create a journal because every, everyone's created a journal, but I, I bought 30, 40 journals over the past year when I was trying to figure this out. And none of them really worked because they're either two, they're empty pages and it's just like, right. Or they're like, fill in this and do this and like, do your taxes. And I'm like, well, is, this is way too much. Um, so like I sat down and I was like, I want to create an experience that does everything that you and I just described, which is self-awareness. It's being mm -hmm. honest with yourself, vulnerable with yourself, writing down who you are, what you want, what you deserve, gratitude, all those kinds of things. So I just created my own. This one's called the new mindset journal. That one blew up um, this past April, sold a ton of them. And then I was like, well, let me think about this some more. Like maybe I can really make this more applicable. So I created another one called single is your superpower, which is the idea of mindful journaling when you're single because single is a superpower. Being single is a great opportunity to really hone in on who you are and what you want. So I did that. And then I was like, I was, you know, got a lot of free time over here. I don't really do a whole lot. So I'm like, oh, screw it. I'll create another one. So I just released another one. This one is a big vibe. It's called Unbothered. And this one is focused on encouraging you to stop overthinking. Mm -hmm. Think once, write it down, let it out, and then be done with it. So um, yeah, I saw all these journals. They're, they're mindfulness journals, right? So um, the uh, new, new Mindset Journal and Unbothered, it's 60 days each. So you could basically journal every single day for about 10 minutes a day and do it. And the singles or superpower is like very, you could do it in a weekend um, if you wow. want. But it's, it's focused on, yo, you're single right now. Fan-freaking-tastic. Here's everything that you're going to push yourself to, to learn from it. And then you're just, you're going to enjoy dating. It's not going to be this like torturing experience. So yeah, it's everything I just described. It's like self-awareness, I think is the key to being happy. And sometimes you need to, you need to write it. You need to feel it. You need to touch it. You can't just think about it. There's, there's power in the pen and getting it out of your head and your heart and on the paper. So I did that. And I, I mean, I've been flabbergasted. I've sold more than I thought I would in 10 years in like six months. I, I don't know if it's COVID or what, but. Um, I think it's probably a combo of like, 
everything you just said, I'm thinking, okay, so do, can I do all three of these things simultaneously at once? Like, can I journal in all of these? But that's me being like psycho and being like, I want it all. I want it now. That's like straight up my personality type. I'm like, I can do it all at the same time, obviously. And then just like totally burn out. But, um, also with COVID it's like, I mean, I feel like either you ended up pregnant at the end of COVID, which obviously there's no end. We're still in it. So you're either have a baby inside of you right now or you're single. Yeah. There's no, there's in no in between. I agree. I agree. I, agree. I, I have so many stories that validate both ends of that. It's crazy. You said that. Yeah. It's like, if you made it out of this pandemic, just in a healthy relationship with no baby, we need to talk because like, I'm confused. Do you just not know you're pregnant? Like what's going on? Yeah. It's like not being pregnant is, is always something to be celebrated, I suppose, if, if you don't want to be, but particularly so during COVID. Oh yeah. It's like you, you made it out real good. It's, it's a crazy time. And then it's like, I feel like it's now is the perfect time to be single. Cause dating is like, all my friends keep saying like, why don't you start dating? I'm like, and what do you, what do you think I'm going to do? Be like, Hey, heard the ICUs are overrun. Want to go like grab coffee with, because there's nowhere to get coffee right now. Like it's just now is the time to do the single is your superpower journal. So that when the world opens back up, you can like be ready to go. Am I right? That's my whole thinking. Like I've taken a hiatus from dating. I'm like, now's the time just to, to do, do what you want. So I created this whole, I've, I've been in my locked in my apartment creating journals for six months. <laughs> and like, so like, that's what I'm doing. And that's how I'm bettering myself and building my, my, my life. And I encourage people to do the same. Like, it's okay to take a break. Like, you don't always have to be dating. doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. You're not falling behind. Nothing's passing you by. There's no party to go to. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Thank God. I mean, this is also the best time to go through a breakup. Just FYI, if anyone's like considering leaving a bad relationship, you will not have FOMO of anything because there's nothing happening. So you won't feel bad sitting in your room journaling all the time. It's kind of genius. It is. Honestly, it is because I used to like, I, I've, you know, even though I'm 32, I still like, like going out like to the clubs and stuff. I like loud music in my face. Um, and I feel like if COVID wasn't happening right now, I probably wouldn't have created all these journals because I would have felt so guilty for staying in on Friday, creating a mindfulness journal and creating this business and doing all these things. So it's like, there's a silver lining everywhere. I suppose there is, I have no FOMO because no one's doing anything like at all. And like, I'm, I've bought all these adult appliances. I've got a dozen plants in my apartment. I just bought a bathrobe. I'm a, I'm a robe guy now. It's, I never thought I'd be a robe guy. guy. Let me tell you. A robe guy. It's fantastic. Robe is just <laughs> key. I literally got my brother Ugg slippers and a robe for Christmas. And he was like, what is this for? Fully a robe guy now. It's going to change his life. You just have to let quarantine bring these things out of you. But I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast, being my first real emotionally in touch um, male that has come and graced us. You might be the resident male. I'm not sure. Like we might need you to come back on and tell the woman what they really need to hear. But I guess they can just go listen to your podcast as well. So where can everyone get the journals, listen to the podcast and watch you tuck your shirt into your pants on Instagram stories? <laughs> yeah, that, that's my thing. I like to take gym selfies where I, I tuck in my shirt because I call it business casual for the gym. And I just like, <laughs> started as a joke. But then every like people came at me or like, that looks stupid. So of course I doubled down on it. And like, now that's all I do. Obviously, naturally, obviously. naturally. Um, now I started to tuck my pants into my socks too. Like I just that's, I take everything. That's to a power extreme. move, by the way. I think so. 
I, I, I do it just for fun. I think it makes the, the clothes, the outfit look pretty, pretty stunner, but I think it's a vibe. Yeah. Especially if you've got great ankles, like I do, everyone says I have fantastic <laughs> ankles. So little flex <laughs> there. Um, no, I'd, I'd be honored to come back on, of course. But yeah, everything else is Instagram, case.kenny. All the journals are at newmindsethoodis.com. Uh, and that's the same name of the podcast as well. So, Well, thank you so much. And I will let you go. And make sure you guys go listen to his podcast. They're short. They're sweet. They're thought-provoking. We'll all do the journals together. I'm sure they'll end up being a mood booster. And next week's podcast, by the time I actually sit down and stop thinking about how I need a headboard and actually do something that's good for myself. I mean, this is just, it's, it's too much. 